Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You know, our expectations are so important. I said our expectations are... Are y'all out there? I said our expectations are so important. You know, what you're living in is exactly what you've expected in the past. What you're having right now is what you're, you know, what you'll get tonight is what you expect out of it. That's true. What you're expecting tomorrow is what you're going to have. This morning during service, and I, you know, we'll get this, my, what I was going to talk about. This morning in service, I was just uh, thinking, you know, uh, you know, as we get older, I mean, you know, there's a lot of expectations people have of things that we experience as we get older. Come on now, anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember as a teenager, I had somebody that, that I, was very dear to me. I won't say who. Uh, they're not here, but uh, anyway, I won't say who, but anyway, still. They used to tell me, ah, when you get older, this is going to happen to you, and this is going to happen to you, and this is going to happen because you know, it's happened to me. You know, we ought not let our experiences pollute other people's expectations about what God wants to do in their life and what their future looks like. They used to say, yeah, when you get in your, in your 30s, they, they used to tell me, you get in your 30s, you're going to lose touch with what's going on, and, and you're not going to, I tell you, young people, teenagers are going to be weird to you. You're not going to understand. Well, I thank God that's not the truth. I, I like rap music. I'm sorry, but I do. I like it. So, uh, you know, I, so I, have, I have learned to, st- to I, I like that stuff. And they said, you're going to get where you can't do this, because when you get older, that's just what happens. How many know that a lot of things happens, and it's not because it's God's will, obviously, and it's not even because that's really what should happen, because we expect things to happen. Right? Because we expect them to happen. That is faith and action. That's what that is. Our expectations create what we get. Yeah. We ought to be careful what we're expecting in every area of our life. Amen. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what, what your family history is. Don't expect to be sick when you're older. Don't expect to not expect to. Don't plan to not have enough next year. Right? Now, we ought to live smart and budget and do those things and not live above and beyond our means. We also shouldn't plan for lack. Right? We shouldn't spend money we don't have, but we shouldn't, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't plan to not have enough. We shouldn't go into things expecting to be broke. We shouldn't go into things expecting to be sick. We shouldn't go into things expecting not. When we were on the cruise, you know, I, I, y'all saw the video I put up maybe, and, and, and I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't use Facebook. I, I use Instagram, and it posts to Facebook. I, for me, it's too, many argue, too much arguments going on on Facebook. But anyway, I call it fight book. But anyway, uh, so I just use, I use Instagram, and it posts. And, it, and I'm sorry, I'll tell you right now, if you comment on a picture of mine on Facebook, I'm not going to see it. I'm just, I'm just not going to see it. It's very unlikely. I'm just, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to look at it. Anyway, so if I don't, if I don't reply, I apologize ahead of time. Just know, don't expect a reply on Facebook. It's probably not going to happen. But anyway, uh, but you know, we did this thing. And, and so, you know, we had that flow rider on the boat. We saw the little surfing thing, you know. And so when I saw that, boy, I was excited. I was, oh, how, whoo, praise you, Jesus. We're going to go on this cruise and they got a flow rider. I've always wanted to ride one. You know, there was, I noticed the people riding it were all younger people. For the most part, it was all younger people out there riding the flow rider. There's a lot of people my age. There is somebody in this room my age who just wouldn't do it. There's somebody in this room that is my age that even wouldn't even try getting on this thing. And I don't know who they might be. You, know, you probably don't know who they are, but they wouldn't even consider getting on it. We're the same age. They wouldn't even consider getting on this thing. She says it's called wisdom, but... Uh, but let me tell you something. Sometimes we, we say things are wisdom, and it's just wrong belief. 
I'm not saying, for her it might have been wisdom, but, I'm, but you do realize a lot of times we say stuff is wisdom, and it's really we don't expect to be able to do something, right? Right? This is help. A lot of times we, we, we think things are wisdom. Let's not blame wisdom because we don't believe God. Or let's say this, let's, just, let's not blame wisdom for things we just accept the world says we got to have. There's a lot of stuff the world says you got to have. When you get older, you can't ride those things. And because you see somebody else doing it, well, you better not do it either. No, I was going to do the thing. How many know there's areas in my own life I've, I have accepted stuff because I expected it to be that way and I missed out on opportunities? Doug talked about, you know, uh, starting a business. You might say, well, at my age, people at my age don't, don't you know, we, we just don't start business. It's not what we do. What if the Lord tells you to start a business? If you're 25, 35, or 85, if the Lord tells you to do something, we shouldn't just write it off because that's not what we expect. To see. That's not the way we've seen it work before. I mean, we miss out on a lot of stuff because we're just expecting the wrong thing, right? We cut short the power of God because we expect the wrong thing, right? That's the truth. Amen. We need, we, need to, we, need to, we need to up our expectation in a lot of areas. We need to up our expectation in a lot of areas. Amen? Praise God. Well, God's good. That'll be help for somebody. The Lord's been dealing with you about something. Well, you know, take him at his word. And don't just settle for the way everything goes for everybody else. It's not the way it has to be for you. When you get older, you don't have to lose your mind. When you get older, you don't have to become feeble and sick. Now, people, people laugh, but, you know, people expect this stuff. The person I'm talking about was convinced when you get older, this stuff's going to happen to you, and there's nothing you can do. I'm telling you right now, just accept it. It's the way it's going to be. I refuse to accept it. And I will tell you this. They are suffering with the very things they said I was going to have. They're having those and more because they have an expectation in life to fall short and not to, not to have it look like what God's Word says and to expect something else. Let's not open the door to the devil because we're expecting things that don't belong to children of God. Amen. We're not supposed to be weak and sick, right? Moses was strong. His eye was not weak or dim. Or he was not weak and his eye was not dim, right? I mean, he went to the very end strong. And when his days were done, he went on home, right? But he was strong to the end. We ought to, we ought to plan on being strong, right? We ought to plan on those things. Now, we say we're planning on this thing. We also need to get off the couch. You know, how many know we also have a response to do? Well, what's the point of getting off the couch? It's never going to work for me. That's part of your problem, right? If you believe it's possible, if you're expecting Disney, it'll cause you to, re to respond to it. God will meet you if you'll do that. Amen? Well, praise God. That's not help for somebody. Go over to Matthew chapter 9. I'm not going to talk about that tonight, I don't think. But anyway, expectation is so important. Expectation is everything. Expectation is so very, 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 very important in our life. Amen? Matthew chapter 29. Pastor asked me to minister tonight, so I've got some things jotted down, and so I trust you guys are believing God with me that it all makes sense. I know it'll be good because it's the word, and it's always good, but uh, I'm trusting help us put it together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, for your goodness, your presence. Father, we're thankful that you're here with us. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. We're so grateful, we're so grateful, we're so grateful that you're with us tonight. We're thankful for your word, we're thankful for your presence, and we're thankful for the Holy Spirit causing these things to be uh, brought to life in our lives. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, and our expectation is upon you. Father, help us tonight, help us me to speak and help each of us to hear, myself included. Father, help me to hear things I've not heard before and see things in a way I've not seen it. Father, I thank you, I love you, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Praise God. Not talking about expectation. I can go back to that for just a second. Sorry. I started that, but are you expecting anything? How many know out of church you're going to get what you expect? Yeah. We got the youth going to be doing the service next week. You know, God can use the teenagers to speak to you. But if all you're expecting is to see something cute, that's all you'll see is something cute. Wasn't that adorable? Those precious little teenagers up there talking that just adorable. How many know that's all you'll get out of it? But those adorable teenagers can say something that can change your life. If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through them, right? If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you. Come on for a second. I know, I know I'm not talking about expectation, but how many times do we fall short of doing what God's called us to do because we don't expect that people will listen to what I have to say. you got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Shut your mouth. You got, don't shut your mouth. Speak up. you got the Spirit of God, and you need to shut those, those thoughts, right? Well, I'm just so-and-so because, pe- I mean, these people, they, they, they knew who I was. Yeah, but they ought to know who you are, right? And you still got the greater one on the inside. Don't keep your mouth shut. Sometimes we're, we are so slow because we have such low expectations of what God can do. Well, it's just, well, God can do that through somebody else, sister holiness, but not me. Listen, you're the right, what does the word say? You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? He's not a respected person. If he can use one person, he can use you, right? Well, I just keep messing up in this area and that area. Well, quit expecting it. Start seeing yourself in light of the word as a success, as, as, as on top, right? As somebody that people want to be around. We settle for so much junk, so much junk, and it's not the devil's fault. God's not withholding anything from us. Listen, if he sacrificed his son, he's not going to hold any good thing from you. He gave us his very best. He's not going to hold something else back, right? And it's not even the devil. How many know the devil's not our problem? Most of the time, the devil is not our issue. He is defeated, and he knows it right? Now, he does bring tests and trials. He brings things. Yes, we know that's true, but most of the time, the stuff we go through is not something the devil orchestrated. It's something we accepted, something we expected. Come on. Well, that's the truth. Hallelujah. You got influence. You got a voice. God anointed you to be a voice in this generation. God anointed you in your family. God anointed you in your workplace. God's hand is upon you. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. There's no reason for you not to shine brightly for the kingdom of God. There's no reason why people don't know there's something different about you. When I was working at Citibank, you know, one day they got to talk and this lady came in. I'm not bragging on myself. This is just who God is, right? And so this lady came in and, and she was a believer. I didn't know it. And so we're doing that. We're going through the mortgage loan, whatever. And she stopped. She said, I got to ask you a question. Are you a believer? I said, well, as a, as a matter of fact, I am. She said, I just know it. I can see it all over you. Ooh, I just knew it. I can see it all over you. And I was like, well, thank God, you know, thank God for that. And when she left, they were in the, I could hear the other ladies in my office saying, well, I wonder what they see on, on what she sees on me. Well, that's probably not, a, that, how many know that wasn't a question that I answered, right? I, well, as a matter of fact, let me tell you what they see on you. I didn't answer that question. How many know you can expect, if you've got God living on the inside of you, you going, that doesn't mean you got to quote scripture at work all day. You got to be that weird person that works with it. How you doing? I'm doing great, blessed man. I'm doing wonderful. I'm highly favored of the Lord. You don't have to be weird. You ever met a Christian like that and you can't, hey, what's up? And you just, you're just looking for not much. What are you doing? That's all you're looking for, right? And yet you get a whole sermon. And sometimes it's good we need to do that to encourage ourselves, right? But I mean, sometimes that can become religion. Right? How I many know that can become religion sometime? 
And our, our, our heart isn't in our words. It's just something we spout because it makes us feel good, right? But we're not, we're not really, we're not, well, there's no faith attached to it. You know, sometimes Christians like that give us the worst reputation around because you can't just be real with them, right? They just, they want to be so religious. You, you can go to work and not be religious and yet be such a lie that everybody knows something different about them. And it's not because you're opening your mouth, not because you're quoting scripture 24-7. It's because you're letting the life of God reside and, and just affect who you are. And you trust that people will see something different in me and just simply respond to your heart when those, in those situations. You can be a light in your, where you're called. You can be light in your families. Amen. Well, praise God. i got to get off of that. But we, we, ought, to, we ought to expect to, to, to our lives ought to matter. Right? Our influence ought to matter. Oh, and I just got to say this. I'm sorry. This has got nothing to do with what I was going to talk about tonight. But can I say this? Is this all right? I'm just like, this is like shotgun message right now. So I don't even know what I'm doing. But this morning, can I just say this? This morning, and I've noticed this for a while. I've noticed this for a while. Both barrels. Okay. No, don't do both barrels. I've noticed this for a while, and this morning I noticed it. Now, we used to say we're 300 strong, right? And, and we used to say that we're, we'd confess we're 300 strong, and the, and the Lord dealt with pastor. Don't quit, quit, quit saying you're 300 strong. How many know 300 strong is limiting to God? How many know God thinks bigger than 300 strong, right? 300 million, right? 300 billion. He thinks bigger than the planet's population, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean God thinks big, right? I mean, he fed... 5,000 men, forget women and children, but just the men alone were 5,000, and all the, the spouses and all the kids, and back then, you know, they had a ton of kids, right, with two loaves and a fish. He doesn't think in terms that are even close to us, right? So when we try to start limiting him on things that we expect to happen, you think, well, we're a church in High Springs, what can we do? Well, we can do all sorts of things. We are doing things in prayer. That's the reason why some people don't come to prayer because they don't think it's going to do it. They don't expect it to do anything. It's just us, a little church praying in high spring. One person's prayers can change the planet, right? One person's prayers can change the planet when, because it's not just one person's prayer alone. When we are united with the Holy Spirit, right? When we are in union with him and being led in prayer by him, how many know we can pray out some pretty amazing things can be done, right? When I say we, I mean you, your prayers. You know heaven stands at attention when you speak? Some people are like, well, I don't know about that. Well, that's part of your problem. You don't expect God to hear you. That's the truth, though, isn't it? Sometimes our prayers, we say things, but there's, that's not what I was going to talk about, but we say things, right? And we, we, we throw a request out there to the Lord, but we don't expect it to do anything. And it makes us feel good that we're throwing a request out there. I mean, it's not about throwing, we ought to be careful what words we throw out there, but how I many know there's more to it than that? But anyway, it goes back to, I noticed that we've been, we've been called to do things. And notice when we give the altar call, it's usually real quiet. And the minute pastor says, I see that hand, Suddenly, oh, we see, we hear it, right? We hear the, oh, you know, uh, we hear people start praying, oh, getting all intense. Oh, somebody raised their hand. Woo! Have you ever, have anybody else noticed that but me? Some people are like, I don't know. I'm just waiting for service to be done, right? <laughs> I hope not. I've noticed it. It's, have you noticed it? 
No, well, he's talking. So yeah, you, some of you have noticed. Okay, they, Veronica noticed that it's the, it's the gospel truth. So, um, but I've noticed when it's kind of like, okay, we're just kind of waiting. Yes, that's right, Pastor. That's good. And as soon as it gets hurt, oh, there's a hand. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, we're now we're starting to, and then there's two. I mean, it's full motorboat speed, praying in other tongues, right? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, then it's on. Then three, I mean, woo, Jesus is showing up. How I many know there are, there are oftentimes people here that the Lord wants to deal, the Lord is dealing with them, but we're not, we're not taking our place as help to pray for them and help prepare the environment and, 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 and calling out on God to touch their heart. If we check out waiting for the next thing or for dismissal or how much we love to hear the announcements, we can't wait to get to the announcements at the end, right? I know people, that's not the truth, but uh, you just can't wait to get to the announcements that we just want to get through the, 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 whole, the whole altar call thing. Because we're not expecting, and the moment, some, oh, suddenly now I can, I can believe God. How I many know we ought to be every time expecting that if there's anybody here, if there's, how I many know there's always people here who need to make decisions? Maybe they, they've been born again, but they need to get adjustments, things right. We ought, as soon as this time comes, start, thank you, I thank you, Lord, you're dealing with hearts. And don't just let it go through the motions. Talking about, talking about how to church growth. That's how you do church growth, right? That's one of the ways you do it right there. We expect people to come in and we expect people to, for God to touch them, right? And not just when we see somebody that they've been touched because they raised their hands. Oh, now I can believe God that God's doing something. That's not faith. That is not faith. I said that is not faith. Waiting for somebody to respond to believe that, they're, that God's moving on hearts. Well, God, oh, somebody raised their hand. God must be moving on hearts. God's always moving on hearts. And if you let him, he'll move on your heart too right? Even tonight, he'll move on your heart if you'll be open to it. Well, praise God. All right, so that's not what I want to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> Matthew chapter, are we in Matthew chapter 9? Praise the Lord. Matthew, the, the ninth chapter, the 27th verse. So when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. I guess this is kind of somewhat related. Uh, then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all the, all the, all the country. So it says here that uh, uh, these two blind men these came, came to him and, and uh, said, uh, Son of David, have mercy on us. And and um, did I read the right verses? Yeah, I did. Praise God. Let me just make sure. He said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yeah, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And then he said in verse 29, he said, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. How many know that what we receive has got nothing to do with God's ability or his will? It's all tied to our faith. So it's all attached to our faith. It's got nothing to do with God's ability. It's got nothing to do with God's plan. It's really got nothing to do, or let's not say nothing. It's not tied to God's will. It's not tied to God's ability. It's not tied to God's plan. It's completely tied to our faith. What we receive of him, what we know of him in every area is tied to our faith. And that, really that is, I guess, tied to expectation because what is faith? 
Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, that's what faith does, yes, and that's part of it. But more simple definition would be faith is what you believe or a confident expectation, right? And so faith is according, to, he said, it's not according to what I can do in my ability. It's according to what you can believe for. It's according to your faith. And so we need to make sure that, that we are uh, 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 challenging ourselves in these areas and make sure that we're, we're not looking to something else. We can't leave up to God things that he's left up to us. Are you listening to me? We can't leave up to God things that he has left up to us. Our faith is what we're going to use to acquire these things and, and to lay hold of these things. And, and a lot of times, you know, people say these things and they think that sounding being respectful, but really not, it's foolishness. If you can do this, you know, if you want to do this, if, it's, if it be thy will, if all of these things, but really it's according to your faith is what's going to happen. How many know God has done everything he can do? He has accomplished it all. When Jesus said it is finished and he sat down, he literally meant everything that needed to be done has been finished. Everything that needed to be done in your life and in your situation, no matter where you're at, Jesus has taken care of it. Go with me over to uh, Mark, the ninth chapter. It's interesting. Uh, we have the account in Matthew, you know, the, the longer version of, of, uh, of Peter walking on the water. But something that's always, you know, you have this here and, and you have Mar uh, Matthew, you have in Mark, Mark, and then you have in John. And um, here in the Mark, Mark's account of this, he said, uh, uh, verse 45, immediately he went with his disciples and got into the boat before him, or uh, told them, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethesda, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining and at rowing, for the wind was against them. How many know that he knew they had a need? Are you all in the right place? Mark chapter 6, and I'm not saying Mark 6. What did I say? What did I say? Nine? Well, if you had known the Holy Ghost, you'd have been in six, right? So Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Somebody flag me down if I tell you the wrong thing, and I will we'll rebuke you for flagging. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, so Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Sorry, it was an upside down 6. Uh, uh, so Jesus saw them, verse, uh, when evening came, verse 27, verse 47. Dear Jesus, help me. Uh, when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on land. Verse 48, he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. How do you know that, that God, Jesus in this situation, saw that they were straining? You see, a lot of times people think, well, because if God knows the need, he'll move on my behalf. God is not moved by need. He's not moved by ability. His ability, whether we receive, is not based on any, his will, right? I mean, his will has been determined, and he has been explicit about what his will is. And if we don't know his will, it's because we've not gotten into this. His will is very clear. But in this situation, Jesus saw they were out in the middle of the middle of the sea, and they were straining. And it said, now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He saw them in the middle of the ocean, and he knew they were straining. But listen, they were straining. He still made the effort and, and covered the distance to come where they were. But how many know that still didn't get them, that still didn't rescue them out of a bad situation? Well, something about God, no matter where we find ourselves, he has done the major work and covered the major distance in meeting whatever your need is. The fact is he is coming to you and is looking for an opportunity to move in your life, Right? But that alone is not enough for you to get what you need. That's not enough to, to, to supply the answer that you're looking for. 
Because it goes on to say, he came, he saw they were straining, he came to them on the sea, and at the end of the verse, and would have passed them by. And would have passed them by. Think about this. He saw them straining, he responded by moving towards them. There are some things that we can't move close enough to our answer if he stays on the mountainside. If we're stuck in the ocean or in the sea in the boat, we can't get to him, but he will always make a way to come to us. And he has come to us when he sent his son. He has done all the work to make everything we need available. And he will always come to us and approach us where we are to help us. He will help us see what we need to see. He will reveal things to us that we don't understand. He will always do what's necessary to reach us, but that, that alone won't be enough to meet the need. He came to them and would have passed them by. They still had to call out on him. Peter still had to say, if it's you, bid me to come out there. Now, I don't know what would have happened if Peter hadn't been in the boat. They might still be out in that ocean today, right? 2,000 years later, their boat may be still floating out there. I don't know. But, but Peter's the one person that said something. Peter's the one person that got their attention. I guess this is tied to expectation. Peter saw things a little differently. He had, this was a very normal situation. These are fishermen, and surely they've been in the middle of bad storms before. I'm sure they found themselves other times in the middle of the sea having a hard time getting where they needed to go, right? And I'm sure they were thinking one of two things is gonna happen. Either we're gonna go under or it'll stop and we'll eventually make it to the side. It just might be next week when we get there, right? Or it might blow us to some other place that we don't wanna go and Jesus will be upset because we're not where we're supposed to be. Most of them probably thought we're gonna drown. I don't know how bad it was, but it was bad enough that they were frightened, you ever been in a, in, in a, in a boat out, out offshore and a storm comes up? I remember once we did a men's event. We were fishing off the coast of, I think it was off St. Augustine. Any of the guys been here a long time ago? We did that, and a, the rain was coming sideways. There were uh, 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 water spouts popping up, you know. It was, it, was, it was a little frightening. Maybe that was their moment, right? And I didn't think we were going down. I was getting close. But, you know, I'm sure they, they, they probably didn't. They probably were very concerned. One person saw things a little differently. Why, did God, why was God able to use Peter to do what he did? Why was Peter called to be the head of the church? Because he was somebody that chose to see things differently. To not just expect things to go the way they always do. How many times, a lot of times, we expect it to go the wrong way. But even good option B or good option C, not drowning, just having to wait a while and finally get there. But Peter sees this opportunity when he saw Jesus, he just thought, thought a little different, and he said, if that's you, tell me to come out there. There was something different about Peter, right? Peter's willingness to speak up and Peter's willingness to expect a different outcome, his faith in who his master was, who this person was they were following, they had he had just fed 5,000. He was paying attention. Jesus had just taken care of 5,000 men Women and children included, on addition to that. Some people say it was close to four, maybe 14,000 people. He just fed with two fish, two loaves and one fish, or whatever it was, right? I mean, a, a boy's lunch. Peter was paying attention that there was a need, and Jesus was the need meter. No matter how big it was, that's where my answer was. Jesus recognized their problem, came to them on the water. He knew they were struggling. He made all of the effort to get there close to them. Somebody still had to get him in the, somebody still had to call out on Jesus. Somebody still had to get his attention. Somebody still had to, to, to allow him to move and to rescue them. Somebody had to expect something different, right? Somebody had to believe that there was another option out there. 
Thank God Peter did that, and because Peter, Peter, Peter was you know, thinking, hey, I can do things that are above and beyond what's even normal. If that's, if that's you, let me come out there with you. I'd rather be with you on the water doing something that's not even natural than being in this boat. Listen, God has done everything he needs to do in your situation to meet your need. He's done everything he can do to meet your need. He's done everything he can do to meet your need. How many know in, our, in, in every area of our life, he's done everything he can do to meet our need? What will we choose to believe? What will we choose to expect? What will we choose? What will we choose? Where will we choose to put our trust? All right, the, the problem is not, like I said, it's not, it's not his ability, it's not his will. It's none of those things. It's where will we choose to put our trust? And that's the question we've got to answer. That's the decision we've got to make. I choose to put my trust in. I choose to expect God to come to my, to come to my rescue. Listen, there's not a single problem. This is for somebody. There's not a single situation that is too big for God. We all know God's ability is he's more than enough. We know that he, we all believe God's more than enough, right? But do we expect him to do it for us? A lot of times it's because of stuff we've done. Well, God can't do it for me. That stuff's taken care of. Jesus' shed blood is more than enough for that. Quit limiting what God wants to do and the fact that he's come right to you. Don't let him pass you by. Right? Because you're trying to disqualify you for something that God has not disqualified you for. It's the truth. Listen, this is not a struggle. So this is not a struggle. You can receive the promises of God in your life. I said you can receive the promises of God in your life. Everybody say that I'm a good receiver. I'm a good receiver. If you need to close your eyes and picture your situation, I'm a good receiver. I'm a good receiver. I always receive from my Father. I'm a good receiver. The truth is, I know I've been there. I've entertained too many thoughts of, I just never get this. I struggle in this area. I'm probably never going to get it. Anybody ever been there before? How many of the enemy wants to plant those thoughts that do not come from, from God? They do not come from God. Well, my past, it's not based on your past experience, it's based on his past experience, right? He has conquered every obstacle that's in your way. You are a good receiver, right? You are a good receiver. It's not according to, to any of this, these things, it's according to our faith. I got stuff written down, I have no idea where I am. Matthew, or Mark, go to, you're, you're in, uh, where are you now? You're in Mark, right? Go to Mark 9. Ooh, we are going to Mark 9. I can feel the presence of God coming right now. All right. Mark chapter 9. Verse 22, and often this is the, the, the boy who is healed. We'll read the whole count. Verse 17, then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you who was mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. 
and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, but they could not. And he answered them and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then he brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him into uh, both the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The way this is really written is if you can believe, if you can. He said, if you can do anything, Jesus said, if you can. If you can do anything, help us. He said, if you can. If you can. Just believe. All things are possible to him who believes. You think Jesus dealt with people coming to him, if you can do anything, help us. You think that happened all the time? We don't know everything that happened in Jesus' life. We have a very small sampling of what happened. The things that are given to us are for our help. Do you think Jesus heard these questions often? I'm sure. Did he say this with maybe a little bit of, a, a, a little bit of an attitude, perhaps? Jesus, if you can do anything, your disciples couldn't do anything. If you can do anything, do you think he just said, if you can? Who knows what he did? So, oh, sweet Jesus. Well, yeah, Jesus is sweet. He also turns the tables over, right? I mean, sometimes he, wow, I mean, he, he takes the whip and he, he whips people out, right? Who knows how he responded, but in the Greek, he, he said, if you can, believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Like I said, these things are not tied to God's ability. It's our willingness to believe. People say, well, you know, I just can't believe. We, you can believe what you choose to believe. Amen. So you can choose, you can believe what you choose to believe. Go to, go to John chapter 20. I said I'm all over the place, but that's all right. John the 20th chapter. Thank you, Lord. John 20 and the 24th verse, it says, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with him when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said, Unless I see his hands, in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hands into his side, I cannot believe. Is that what he said? He said, I will not believe. I will not believe. What we choose to believe in is a choice. What we believe in is a choice. What we choose to believe is 100% our choice. After that, after the eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with him. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Did y'all just read what just happened? He said, I will not believe it unless I can put my hands, see the prints in his, in his hands. I, won't, I, won't, I will not believe then after eight days, they were inside in the room, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst of them. What? That means he came through the door, and the door was closed. Well, I, I, I can't believe it. No, you won't believe it. That's really our problem. We choose not to believe stuff because it doesn't make sense right here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we believe that don't make sense. So there's a lot of stuff we believe that don't, that don't make sense. That, or you can say it this way, we don't understand. 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff we don't, just don't understand. How many people have got a cell phone in your pocket tonight are with you? Who's got a cell phone tonight? How many of you know how a cell phone works 100%? You know all the details. Some of you can't even load the app from the app store. I mean, you know, I know you don't know. Right? You don't know how it works. That's what kids are for. That's right. <laughs> That's why we have teenagers. They can tell us how it works. See, we believe things. We, we use things and put our trust in things all the time that we don't understand. So it's not that we can't, it's that we choose not to. Right? Your phone works. I don't, I don't know how my phone, I don't know all the details how my phone, I don't know how the signals come through and all that. I don't know how all of that, I don't know, but I know I can get through to my wife when I need to, if she'll answer. <laughs> right? I know how to get a text to you. I know how to get information off the internet if I need it. How does all that work? I have no idea. I don't need, to, I don't need proof of how it works. I just believe that it does. Well, how do you, how do you, well, how do you know you believe that it works? Because I use it. Right? Because I actually use it. It's proof that I believe that it works. See, our problem is not that we can't. It's that we won't believe. He said, Thomas said, unless I can see this, if I won't believe, Jesus came through and, and shut the doors and said, peace to you. And then he said, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put, your, put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Duh, my Lord and my God, right? Verse 20, 29, Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. If you want to be blessed, we've got to get past the place where we've got to see everything. We've got to have proof on everything and begin taking God at his word. Let's not have more faith in Apple than we do in our Lord Jesus. Let's not have more faith in natural things than we do in the creator of the universe. Right? It's not that we can't, it's that we choose not to. And what you choose to believe is going to determine what you have and what you experience. Amen. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet those blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Praise the Lord. I'm looking. Like I said, I'm all over the place. So I don't even know where I am in, in my the, my notes that I jotted down. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. No matter how old you get, you can still keep up, can't you, Dan? That's right. And he's in his 50s at least. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, where are you at? What's going on in your life? Quit looking for somebody to come bail you out. Quit looking for somebody to bail you. Jesus did all the bailing out that you're ever going to need. He's taken care of it. He's taken care of whatever you need. Jesus has taken care of what you need. What are you choosing to put your trust in? What are you choosing to put your trust in? There are no excuses for us to fall short. Now, we need to bear with one another, encourage one another. How many know there's no excuse? We shouldn't give our, allow ourselves to have excuses why it just won't work for us. It'll work for us if we choose to trust him. 
Well, when I see it working, I'll begin. No, no, no. You, get, you, you, you believe it's true. You start making plans. You start taking action. You, see, you renew your mind to control your thoughts. You do whatever. You, these are the things you must do. You retrain the way you think. I mean, there's a whole other perspective we've got. We've got to, there's a whole other perspective and even our relationship with God, we've got to retrain the way we think. Right? There's a whole other perspective on our walk with God. We've got to retrain the way we see these things and, and let God's word tell us what a normal relationship with God is. Right? You can hear from God. You do know what to do in this situation. You do know what to do in that. Never say, I don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You've got the guide living on the inside of you. Well, I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. You may not know it at this moment, but you've got all the answers residing on the inside of you. You do know what to do, right? Oh, I can't hear it. That's for special people. No, you can hear from God. Yes, you can hear from God. What's God's word say? Well, when it begins to happen, when I start getting the, the, the I know I'm, the Lord's speaking to me and I start getting the chills. No, you may be cold, right? Well, when I get the goosebumps, I'll know the Lord's talking. No, 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 no. You know the Lord's speaking to you because he's, 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 his word is there. It's always talking to you if you'll listen. But you got the greater one living on the inside of you. We need, to, we need to retrain the way we think in these areas and quit accepting less than who God's called us to be. I said a couple weeks ago or last Sunday, uh, Sunday morning about the teenager speaking, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the, the pastor of the largest church in Asia Minor, Timothy, 16 years old when he started pastoring. Now, he didn't stay 16, <laughs> thankfully, right? He grew up, but 16-year-old char- pastoring the most influential church in that region. In fact, John the ba- John, not John the Baptist, but the Apostle John, right, later in life, that's where he went. He hung out there in Ephesus with Timothy. This was somebody that was very important in the, in the early church. As a young person, God's using them. Teenagers, you ought to see yourself. You, you, God, it'll change what God can do through you. Quit accepting less than that. All of us quit accepting less from each other. Right? We need to retrain we th- the way that we think, so, we think on things. And begin to take God at his word. Begin to take God at his word. I don't know what it is you're needing. We, there's, everybody in this room has got something they're, they're, they're needing to believe God for. I almost said th- something you're believing God for, but I know a lot of times people have given up on things they were believing for. Got tired in well-doing and gave up. Can, can we be honest? I've been there before. Something I was attempting to believe God for. I say attempting because I really wasn't doing my part. You know? And then cast that thing aside. So, but we all have things we can be believing God, should be believing God for. Don't we all have things we should be believing God for? Right. Let's make the decision we're going to trust him. Let's make the decision we're going to take God at his word. Let's not accept less than what his word promises us. Amen? It's worth it to do it. Here's the deal. Jesus died for you to have it. He died for you, your body to be healed. He died for your finances to be taken. He died for you to have peace in your mind. He didn't die so you could stay nervous. He didn't die so you could stay depressed. He died for our relationships. He died for all of the, he shed his blood for those things. They're valuable to him. Let's trust him. 
Let's make it a point, quit settling for less than and make the decision to go after what he has provided us. Not, let's not let the goodness of God pass us by. Amen? I challenge you, get with the Lord tonight. What's something I need to pick up? A lot of times we hear a good message, and tonight was awesome. We hear a good message, we go home, we don't do anything with it. Part is we don't really believe it's going to really change our life. But get home with the Lord tonight. Lord, what's something I need to pick back up? What's an area that I need to really, I need to actually trust in you? What's an area that, 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 that my answer is because I've not been walking, I've not really been responding in faith. He will help you. He's not going to beat you over the head with it, but he will guide you, direct you, instruct you, lead you the way you need to go. He's faithful to it. He's come all the way to you. He's not going to leave you out in the middle of the water. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.